glory. Praise God, that's what Jesus does. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Please be seated. Welcome to Disciples House. Uh, let's see, upcoming events. Uh, so next next week, we're going to have the church uh, meal after the service. And uh, so if you haven't signed up for what you're going to bring for the, what side dish you're going to bring or whatever for the meal, please do so. So everybody can, so we don't have too many repeats. And uh, remember also the Ark Encounter deposits are due that that day. So uh, bring those with you. Mm, excuse me. All right, and then uh, March 19th through the 21st is going to be Contending Faith Bible Conference in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And April's going to be busy because we had some additions. So we have the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum, uh, April 18th through the 20th. And then uh, the last week in April, uh, first week in May, uh, uh, Brother Randy's going to be doing a new uh, meeting in uh, Dayton. Well, it's replacing his spring meeting, but spring prayer meeting, but it's going to be called Authority Over Devils and Seducing Spirits Seminar, and that'll be in Dayton, Tennessee, and there'll actually be six services for that one. Uh, so that'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of that week. Uh, so, and that's only like an hour and 45 minutes from right here. So that's, I'm looking forward to that one. That's definitely one I need to go to. Uh, let's see, and then Generation Life Youth Camp is going to be July 8th through the 12th this year, so be praying for that. So, uh, already talked about the meal. All right, so our meditations for this week. Uh, are, the first one is 1 Corinthians 13.13 13 out of the King James. And it says, Now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So our confession, I remain in faith, Hope and love. And love is the greatest of these. All right. And then our second scripture meditation for the week is 1 John 4.18 out of the King James. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. All right, that's kind of a twister, but our confession, if I have fear, I have not been made perfect in love. But praise the Lord, as I grow in love, the torment of fear is cast from me. Okay. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for this service, and we, we ask you to be here with us because we're gathered in your name, and we wish to receive from you. We come expecting to hear from you. We come expecting to hear the word that's just for us. Lord, please give uh, me and Robbie the words that are just right for those that are here now and that are listening online. And Lord, just teach us and help us to draw closer to you as you draw closer to us and help us to become your true disciples. Lord, Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to interfere. You cannot mess with the people here. You cannot uh, interfere with their thoughts. You must leave in Jesus' name. Ah, thank you, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have a new confession uh, today. It's a little shorter, but it's in, it's in the bulletin, and it should be up there. Yep, that's it. All right. So we're going we're gonna to say that one. 
So our new confession. We are a holy nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a peculiar people, chosen by God himself for this day, this hour, to bring the latter rain and calling away of the church. We are not a Laodicean church. Our mouths and hearts are one in our love and zeal for God. We speak the truth and protect the truth. We walk in God's steady stream of power and provision in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. No, we are not lukewarm. Praise our God as if we are not lukewarm.
Father God. We are here to worship you and only you, Father God. Glory, glory, glory be your name, Father God. Glory. Mighty praise God. So 
We love you so, Father God. To you be all the honor, all the glory. We praise you, 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 and only you. Glory be your name. We come to honor and adore you, Father God. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. So, so. 
sing to you. Lord, the rocks will not cry out Your around mercy us. Never fails. Glory, glory, glory to you. We Lord, sing with everything in us. Lord, we give you Lord, honor. We give you cold, glory. Cold, glory, cold. glory, glory. Be your name, your name, Father God. Glory, glory. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord.
church. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands before them all. All thrones and dominions, all power and position, your name stands before them all. Yes, your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands before them all. All you for this is the day and this is the time and the hour father that you're to have that there's to be a mighty move of god and father we're positioning ourselves to be able to be used by the master and so father we just worship you this morning we honor you this morning we glorify you this morning father we've gathered as the church father the church is gathered in the name of christ the members have assembled so that the body could do the will and the work of Christ. So, Father, we just thank you this morning. And, Father, as we come before you in worship, as we come before you this morning, Father, we just ask for a supernatural gifting, a supernatural anointing, a supernatural... Father, give us, give us, the, give us the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. Father, open up our eyes and our hearts and our minds and our ears that we may hear the true, the truth of your word and that we may receive it upon the good ground of the heart. And Father, we give you glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, you can turn, greet a few people as you're seated. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's turn my phone down here so it doesn't interrupt us. Glory to God. Well, as y'all saw this morning, we've got a new confession. Uh, The In Him Confession, it's still out there. We may use it from time to time, or it might come back next year. The prior confession about being ready to receive the Word might come back next year. Uh, But we've been confessing the In Him Scripture for an entire year. And uh, if you don't have it by now, then uh, you need to get in there and do it on your own. Uh, Because you should have it by now. Uh, But it's out there on the cards and, and everything. But... Um, And, of course, if you're still struggling with who you are in Christ, you should definitely be saying that on a daily basis anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder just to run through it. Um, You probably haven't gotten your giving statements. You'll probably get a Monday or something in the mail. Uh, But this confession comes straight out of the the New Year's letter. Um, I I was giving the update and what have you and wrote something in there, and uh, this kind of concluded how the letter ended. And uh, the Lord said, the people need to confess that. And so I said, okay, Lord. And so I said, well, I guess that's our new confession. So uh, we're going to confess this uh, because we are a holy nation. You need to understand that when the Bible says nation, it's not talking about a country like we think of when we say nation. It's talking about a select group of people. And uh, when you're in Christ, you're a select group. A chosen generation Again, this is another area where we don't always understand generation. In in our American language, when we hear the word generation, we think about a particular age group. Uh, But that is not so, though that's included in the Bible. um, Really what it means, for the most part, is it means a a dispensation of, of time with God. So those in the Old Testament were the Old Testament generation. The New Testament is the New Testament generation uh, or the Holy Spirit dispensation. Uh, So that's what a chosen generation is. Of course, we are a holy nation. We're we're, we're citizens of heaven. Right. That makes us, uh, that's our nation. Yes. We We are, and our citizenship is in Christ. That's right. That's right. So we are part of the holy nation of heaven. We are that chosen generation, that New Testament church. We are a royal priesthood. Uh, You know, in the Old Testament, they had the Levitical priesthood. In the New Testament, it's the priesthood of Christ. Christ is our high priest. And we are ministers. Every person that comes into the body of Christ is established as a minister of the gospel. Just because you don't have a pulpit doesn't mean that you're not a minister. And so uh, according to how God views it, and we need to view it the way God views it, you are a minister of Christ. That word minister, a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people get messed up on that word minister. That word minister simply means servant. Mike and I are not here to lord over you and to control your life. Your decisions are your decisions. What you choose to do is what you choose to do. Now, we highly recommend that you, that the actions and the things that you, you know, the choices that you make in your life, we highly recommend that you make sure that they agree with God. 
Amen. And we're going to point you that way. And we're probably even going to apply a little bit of pressure to you because, to get you to go that way because it's what's healthy for you from a spiritual standpoint. But if you decide to go hook up with the devil, that's your choice. If you decide to go uh, fellowship with the devil, that's your choice. If you decide to let your flesh run wild, that's your choice. Um, but royal priests should not do those things. And you will, Royal priests should line up with God. And you will reap the benefits of your choice. That's right. So That's right. As, as a royal priesthood, we're called to proclaim the good news That's of right. our God. We're supposed to share our God. We're supposed to share Christ. And sometimes that comes in our testimony. Sometimes that comes in the way we walk in Christ, the way we walk well, in love. Well, the biggest way that we minister Christ is how we live our life. Exactly. You injure it comes the, from our lifestyle. You, you injure the body of Christ. You injure the Father God when your lifestyle does not agree with the word. That's very true. It's a bad example. We shouldn't be that way. Uh, so that's why Pastor Mike and I might put a little pressure on you to kind of choose to go the right way. Uh, because, you know, and God puts a little pressure on us. If you ever read the Word, God puts a little pressure on you. Oh, yeah. If you've ever read the Word, He'll apply a little pressure. He'll say, if you'll do, I mean, go read Deuteronomy 28. If you'll do what I tell you to do, these wonderful blessings will come on you. There's 14, 14 verses for the blessing. You get to 15 and it says, but. If you don't. But. But. <laughs> if you don't. And then it goes from 15 to 68. Of what happens if you the don't. The 53 verses of if you don't do it my way, these bad things are going to happen to you. How much do you know? That's a little pressure. Yep. That's a little pressure. In other places, he says, I put before you life and death. Hey, if you don't know which one, choose, choose life. life. <laughs> choose life. How much do you know? James said... Um, uh, be sober, be vigilant, for there's a lion. There, there's one that that wandereth around, walketh around like a lion. He's not a lion, whom he but, he, but he does behave like a lion, trying to trick you because what he wants to do is he wants to slurp you up. If you get in there and you really find out what the Greek says, it literally... Now, remember, James wrote this at the time. That uh, <clears throat> that the uh, the the Colosseum games were real big, and they liked to put uh, people down in the Colosseum with the with the lions and, and the very hungry animals. And remember, uh, they'd say they they and it was a form of of torture. It was a, it was a form of persecution. And remember, they'd release the lions on the people, and the and the Colosseums were. Full. Yeah, these lions hadn't eaten, and, and I mean, they were starving. And, and uh, so they're going to eat whatever. And uh, the Colosseums were packed full. And the people were screaming, yeah, they were shouting for the lion. And the lion would kill the people, and then that lion would lay down and just lick and slurp up the, the carcasses of the people they just killed. And James said, be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy is out to treat you just like that lion in the Colosseum. So where that doesn't draw a very vivid picture for us, it drew a very vivid picture for the people in James's day. And they said, well, I don't, I don't want to be that. 
How many of you know that's, God, that's, that's uh, the Holy Spirit through James putting a little bit of pressure on you to say, uh, you need to do it the right way. Come on, you need, to be, you need to be that holy, you need to be that royal priesthood. You need to be that royal priesthood. You need to be that one that stands up. Oh, I'm sorry, I said James, it's First Peter. Sorry, First Peter 5, be sober, be vigilant. Thank you. Uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, uh, as a, at, notice it says, as a roaring lion. As a. doesn't say that he is. He's actually toothless. He's actually toothless. But he can still roar. But he can still roar, and he can still lick you up. Uh, he roaring as a, uh, as, a, as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he, may be, whom he may devour. Satan is on the hunt for you. He's on the hunt for you. I'm going to say this for somebody in here's benefit, but I'm also saying it for somebody online's benefit. Stop thinking, well, I haven't done anything to the devil. I, 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 hadn't, I hadn't hurt him. Stop thinking that way. devil don't care. He don't, he, the uh. devil is nothing but If God is love, I can very safely and assuredly say it this way. Satan is hate. Yep. And, and, and you are a creation of the Most High God, no matter who you are. And therefore, Satan hates you. Satan is hate. Man, uh, I saw it advertised, and, and I thought, what did, what did my eyes just see? What, what did I just see? Oh, that new show? There's a cartoon out. It's a cartoon. It, let, do you hear me? It's a cartoon. And it's promoting that Satan is actually love and the demons are actually love and that it's God that lied and the Bible's all a lie and how you are supposed to embrace the sins of people because, it's, because Satan is in love, because Satan is love. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. And you don't think they're targeting our children? Don't jump on the, Don't jump real quick and say, oh, that's Disney. No, that wasn't Disney that put that one out. Mm-mm. That wasn't Disney that put that one out. No, that's another big one right there. Pastor, what one is it? I, Pastor, I, 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 tell me what it is so I won't go look at it. No, you want me to tell you what it is so you will go look at it. <laughs> no. no, that's why I ain't telling you. Listen, Satan wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you, and he wants you to. T- he wants to drag you into his kingdom, so that he can torment you for all of eternity. But thank God, there's a cure. Thank God, there's a cure. We're a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. What is the cure? Jesus bought you with his blood. It's one thing to be bought. It's an entirely different thing to be bought by the blood of the king of creation. The king of creation has paid for you with his blood. He literally took your payment and it took your place in, in hell. He was literally tortured 
for you. He literally, every sickness, every disease, every poverty, every lack was laid upon him so you did not have to be impoverished, so you did not have to go without, so you did not have to be sick, and you did not have to be diseased. But it is up to you to enforce those rights and privileges. Amen. You have to. How are you going to enforce them? You're going to enforce them by getting into your word, finding out what it says. You have got to spend time in your word. You have got to renew your mind. If all you do is pray in tongues, it's not enough. The devil will take you down. If all you do is come to church and hear the word and you're faithful to be here every time the doors are open, it's not enough. The enemy will take you down. You have to get in the Bible for yourself. You have to read it for yourself. You have to meditate day and night. You have to build a relationship with God. You have to grow your faith. You have to exercise your faith. You have to renew your mind. You have to put the you have to submit to God and resist the devil. Because the first time you resist, he will not flee. The second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth time that you resist, he will not leave. It's not a magical number. It's how much is, what it's based on is what you have trained him and taught him about yourself. If you've taught Satan, well, if you just keep the pressure on, eventually I'll give in. He's going to keep the pressure on. You've got to outlast your enemy. You have to outlast your enemy. You have to. Or he will take you down. That is his ultimate goal. How did we get all that in a confession? I don't really know. But you are a peculiar person, which means that you already have the victory. You just have to enforce the victory. I got news for you. Over 200, how old is our nation? 240 years? Something like that? Over 200 years old, right? Do you not know that... Close to 250 years. Close to 250 years. Do you not understand that if we just laid down our, our... We took the nation. Our forefathers took this nation. This nation belongs to what's called the United States of America. It was established a little over 200... Close to 250 years ago. Do you not understand that if we just laid down... It will not be the United States of America for very long. Why? Because the enemy will come in and take over. In fact, the enemy is already trying to move in and take over because we've already laid down long enough. Well, the same thing is true in the spirit. Come on. Now, are you saying we need to get up and and start a war and a fight? No. What I'm telling you is you need to act like a peculiar people. You need to do it in the spiritual realm. And, and you need to stand up and say, oh, devil, you ain't taking this area. As a peculiar people, we're, we're not called to be like the people out there. No, we're called to we're be called different. We're called to be separate and to be different. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. You have been chosen by God himself for this day. Listen to me. When your mama and your daddy got in the bed, however they did it, to create a life, whether that was their intent in the moment or not, when they did what they did to create you, God didn't just go, I don't know, just just something get down there. 
some spirit get down there. No. God went through his, he went through all of his spirits and he said, this one, right there. That's the spirit that's got what it's, that's the spirit that has what it takes to be in, to be the person that, that, that prays me in. That person right there, they've got a love, that spirit right there will never back off of me. That spirit right there for this day, in this place, at this time, God himself handpicked your spirit, man, and interweaved it in your mother's womb with your mama's and your daddy's DNA. He knew you personally and intimately before you ever entered the womb. I don't know. You can say, I say this all the time. I'm 51 years old in the earth, but I, when I get to heaven, my number one question is, God, how old am I actually? Because the real me, the eternal me, the spiritual me, God knew me before he ever put me in this earth. God chose you himself for this day and this hour. There is no need for us to look at the insanity going on in the world and go, God, I just can't do it. Because everything you need to make it is already in you. Everything you need to stand up today is already in you. Everything you need to withstand is in you. Everything you need to battle is in you. But you have to get the mind of Christ to pull it up out of you so you can walk in it. He chose you for this day and this hour. He didn't just choose you for the, for the uh, 2020s. He chose you for this very moment in time and you can look around and go well it doesn't look like i'm doing a whole lot well you don't know what you're doing you'll find out when you get to heaven and if you're not doing a whole lot then pick up the pace amen if you're not getting in the word pick up the pace if you're not praying pick up the pace if you're not testifying pick up the pace you were made for this hour and here's why to bring in the latter rain. The apostles were chosen by God for their day. They had a fight in them. They didn't they looked at persecution. They said, "Go ahead, kill me. It's better off for me for me to go on and get out of here." Go ahead. They got in those they got in the upper room and they prayed. It didn't tell us how long they prayed. We can guesstimate but we don't know exactly how long they prayed. But they went before the Father in the Spirit and said, I will not be denied. That's what we're going to have to do for the latter rain. And it's the latter rain that's going to usher in the calling away of the church. Now, as much as we don't want to be here for the tribulation, and as much as my heart aches for the people that are going to go through the tribulation, we absolutely have to have the latter lane because without it, people will continue to deny Christ. We absolutely have to have the major outpouring of God. We cannot go without it because every day we go without it, thousands die and go to hell. We absolutely have to have the church called out of here because that's going to be a major wake-up call for a lot of the hard cases. We have to have it. 
I don't want to be here for it. And my heart breaks for the people that are going to go through it. But the Lord said it's necessary so that the hardest cases have a chance. So, Lord, prepare me to qualify for the power of the latter rain. Prepare me to be ready to go out of here. Prepare me. We are not a Laodicean church. We are not. We are not lukewarm. We are not lukewarm. No, ma'am. No, sir. I will, I, I'm going to give God everything I've got. Every time. I'm going to give him my best. I'm going to live in life in the, in the spirit of excellence. I'm going to work on my love walk. I'm going to push in. I will not be lukewarm and complacent anymore. Anymore. How, ma- how many people here want to be good at whatever it is they do? I mean, you want to be good at it, right? Yeah. Well, it takes hard work to become good at what you do. A, a football player works all their, all their life to be the best football player they can so that they can get on a good team and they can, and they can have a great career. You know, a doctor uh, studies uh, all, all their, you know. All their life, really. All their lives to be a, just to be a good doctor. To be a great doctor, they have to study harder and push harder than anyone else in their field. You know, they've got to do more than anybody else. A lawyer, a lawyer, uh, lawyers are. I'm not going to say this, anyways. Lawyers, lawyers to be a good lawyer, also, they have to study long and hard for many years to be a good lawyer. I'm say and this. it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop once they they pass the bar. Hold they on. have to continually study because the laws change. It's not just studying for a lawyer. Lawyers deal with corrupt. And demonic influence people all the days of their life, all the days that they're working. So not only do they, in order for them to be a good lawyer, they also need to keep their character. And that's what happens is they get overtaken, they get overrun, they feel hopeless, and they make bad decisions. Whatever you do in your life, you're going to have to work and study and learn to be good at it. Just, just to be good. To be great, you've got to go even further. And you've got to stand with God. God will help you to be great. You know, but... God wants us to be good Christians, so we have to study, and we can't just we can't just sit on the sidelines and, and let the Bible. We can't sleep on our Bible and go, okay, we're going to get it through osmosis. That's not how it works. Nope. We have to study. You can't just drive around with it in your car while you're driving and then getting in your word. That ain't we have get to study. Deal. We have to hear the word. We have to meditate on the word. We have to pray. There's lots of things that we have to do to be a good Christian. That's right. But if we believe. And if we study hard enough and we get it down on the inside of us and we have faith, then we can be a great Christian. One of the problems with the Laodicean church is their heart was far from God. They said all the right things. They were in the church. They said the right things. They, they worshipped with their mouth, but their heart was nowhere near God. Their heart was nowhere near God. This has been a problem since the beginning of time. We saw this with Cain and Abel. Abel took, his, took the first fruits, the best, to the Lord. Cain just did an offering because it was an obligation. And the Lord said he received Abel's offering, but Cain's he did not receive. Well, the Lord told Brother Randy right here, you'll see it in your letter, at the beginning of the year, tail end of last year and he he told the lord the lord said this to him he said 
I am calling my people out of the Laodicean church that they have been overcome by in this day. He said, they worship me with their mouth and their heart, but their hearts are far from me. And therefore, I do not receive their lukewarm worship. This is why I said, our mouths and our hearts are one. Our mouth, my mouth and my heart are going to be in agreement. They are in agreement. I believe and I trust and I, I stand on what I say. My heart agrees with my mouth. Our mouths and our hearts are one in our love and our zeal for God. I don't want my mouth to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. And then to go, and then, and then to know, but, but yet know at the same time that that's nothing but just words. Empty chatter. No, I want my heart to be in agreement. And my heart is in agreement. But, uh, you know, the pressure of this world can get to you sometimes, and sometimes it can get out of line. We speak the truth. We always speak the truth. And if the things that we're saying here today uh, make you feel like you're being corrected, good. Uh, my feet hurt right now. I'm being corrected. Okay? I'm being corrected. That's right. Uh, we speak the truth. Listen, if you are telling a half true, it's still a lie. If you're telling a partial truth, it's still a lie. No, we speak the truth. The world wants you to speak their truth. No, no. We speak the actual truth. What is the actual truth? God is love. Satan is hate. God is good. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God will take care of you if you will do what he says. And it's not a quid pro quo. It's how you activate his goodness. What, what is the truth? The truth is there's only two genders. Only two. Male and female. The truth is, is you can't love whoever you want to love because human love is corrupted. Sorry, it's corrupted. And it's selfish. Human love is selfish. Human love hits the ceiling. Human love has an end. The love of God has no ceiling. The love of God is not corrupted. Amen. The love of God is not evil. The love of God never fails. Amen. Never hits the ceiling. Never. We speak the truth. We 100% speak the truth. Well, what if they don't want to hear it? Well, don't give it to them unless they ask for it. But if they ask for it, don't sugarcoat it and make it soft and meek. I was... We were reading something Dad Hagen wrote the last night, yesterday, and I thought, man, because sometimes the devil, sometimes, you know, myself, I'll get on myself a little too hard or the devil get on me. You're so hard. You're so mean. You're just rough with these people. You're just rough with them all the time. And I get kind of, and I, I kind of get down on myself, but I was reading, and Dad Hagen, uh, was, he used this example. He said he had a woman, he, he'd gone to a church, He'd gone to a church, and the, the pianist, man, he said, that girl could play. She had gone to, he, he talked to the pastor about it. He said, tell me about your pianist. 
And he said, man, she's got a degree in music. She's so gifted in that. And, he said, and then Dad Hagen said, well, what's wrong with her? Is there something wrong with her? And the pastor said, well, what do you mean? He said, he said anybody even looks her direction and she puts her head down and she shudders and she, you know, she, gets, she gets all drawn in. Is there something medically wrong with her? And the, and the pastor said, oh, no. He said, it's a sad situation. He said, it's a real sad situation. He said, the mother is a widow. And I think she had three boys and the daughter. And he said, and she kept them kids right at her side all of their life. They were never allowed to have any friends. They never got to go stay the night with anybody. She never allowed anybody to come to the house. It was just her and the kids. They never had girlfriends or boyfriends. They never had girlfriends. They never had boyfriends. They could never go out. They could never do anything. Well, the two oldest boys had left. And they, they came to her and they said, Mama, we're leaving. We're moving out. We're getting on our own. And uh, she didn't handle that well, but they came. He, she, he said the third one just left without saying a word to her. Just left. That's 17 years old. 17 years old. Now, the, the daughter was, I think, 26 or 27. 27. 27. And uh, he said she's been by her mama's side all the days of her life. He said it's just a sad situation. Well, after the service, the mother came up to Dad Hagen and said, Brother, Ran- uh, Brother, Brother, Ran- Brother Hagen, Brother I, wa- Hagen? I want you to pray. So-and-so's gone, and now he's a good boy. Saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, or now he's a good boy, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, but he's not honoring his mother. I want you to pray about it. And Brother Hagen said, what for? Well, he left. And, and Brother Hagen said, thank God. Brother Hagen said, thank God. I don't think he just went, oh, well, thank God. I think he went, well, thank God. Listen to what he said. She looked at me like I'd slapped her with a wet dish rag. And I said, I'm so glad he's ha- he, has- he had enough sense to get out of that mess. He said that to the woman. <laughs> she, began to, she began to cry. She said, I love my children. He said, no, you don't. Come on. This is Kenneth A. Hagen. He said, look at that poor girl on the piano, her daughter, 27 years old. Dear Lord, she can play all right. But she has, and she has musical ability, but when you look at her, she'll look down as if something's wrong with her. You kept her close to you all her life. She never had a friend. She never spent one night away from home. You never let her out of your sight. She ought to be out on her own. And I added, instead of praying he'll come back, I'm going to pray that she'll leave. And Dad Hagen. No, he said a little more. Oh, I love my children, the woman said. I know it, he said. You love them with natural love. You're saved. Why don't you start loving them with the love of God? If you'd love them with the love of God, you'd be glad for them to leave home. They're old enough to go. Natural love is selfish, but divine love is unselfish. A human being exercising natural human love is concerned about himself or herself, thinking, what's in it for me? We see this even in the Christian realm. Saved people, even ministers of the gospel, may get in the natural and think this way. We ought to be glad for the kingdom of God. The family of God is one. We ought to let the unselfish love of God dominate us. Glory to God. Much of the time we don't walk in divine love, but we should. 
The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, and the first fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay, you're we, teaching my sermon. Okay, go ahead. I just wanted to hear what she had to say. Okay. We'll get there. He's at the end of the book. You gotta get you gotta get the sermon before you get to the end, right? Right, okay. Yeah, I stole Dad Hagen's sermon, but I'm not gonna teach it exactly the way he taught it. You wanna know how he taught it? The book out here, it's a little mini book, it's called Love Never Fails. Yep, it's out there. It's out there. It's a really good read. It's a good read. It's only twelve pages. It's a pages. good teaching. It's a really good teaching. <laughs> Um, but, um, I, I went back and I was refreshing myself. The reason we we're talking about this is because, um, the Lord told me, um, and I don't care what conversations we've had. This has nothing to do with you. The Lord told me two weeks ago, you're going to teach on love the month of February. So, okay. Now you need to understand Valentine's day is man's man is man's idea. Yep. That's, that's human not love. God's idea. That's human love. That's human love. But, the, but, but I was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, what do our people need to hear? He said, you need to teach them on love, and you need to do it for the entire month. I said, well, praise the Lord. So I went back, and I picked up the teachings on love. I went back and started looking it up scriptures on love, and I thought, well, man, this is a good starting point. This is a good launching point. So we're just going to launch off into the deep. Glory to God. Go to Galatians. Go to Galatians. We'll talk about this. Oh, well, while y'all turn to Galatians, let me finish saying this. We'll speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Sometimes speaking the truth is painful. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. But sometimes you've just got to be blunt like Kenneth E. Hagin was in order to get the person's attention. In order to get their attention, you've got to be rough. Sometimes, you know, and I know the world says, oh, there's a lovey-dovey Jesus. And there is a lovey-dovey Jesus. There's a Jesus that will take you in his arms and comfort you and wipe your tears from your face and hold you and comfort you and tell you it's all going to be okay and give you supernatural provision. That Jesus does exist. But But that exact same Jesus is also the Jesus that will reprove you, rebuke you, correct you, scourge you and chastise you yep he'll, he'll hold you in his arms and and comfort you and then he'll set you back down and he'll say now go and sin no more that's right and he means it that's right he'll correct you because he loves you speak the truth protect the truth we have an obligation to not let the truth be changed we cannot just because man says oh no there's a hundred and i don't know they might be up to 200 now genders that doesn't mean that's truth just because man says well there is no such thing as actual truth truth is what you believe truth to be that's false that's a lie if there weren't set truths in the world we wouldn't be able to function no there are certain truths in the world and we stand by them and we protect them as we do these things we will walk in god's steady stream of of power and his steady stream of power or provision. God has a provision for his children. And but in order to walk in that provision on a steady it, you know, you don't want to see it just a little here and a little there. You want that provision to be there all the time. But in order to have that provision all the time, you don't want to just have you don't want to just, just have the power of God, you know, when, oh, my God, if, unless the power shows up, we're in trouble. You, you know, you want the power all the time. 
in order to have that steady stream, you're going to have to not be lukewarm. You're going to have to have your mouth and your heart in agreement. You're going to have to speak the truth. What is the truth? The word of God. You have to speak these things. And that's how, and, and by doing this, it will have it. And so that's why the Lord said that needs to be the confession. Galatians 5.22, we know it. Glory to God. I know, I said Galatians 5, and everybody held their breath. Oh, she's going to Galatians 5. We're going to get stuck. No. Nope. No, we won't. We're not even going to look at those verses. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Notice he said the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to go up to verse 16. Verse 16 reads this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Keep going. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other. So he's talking about the flesh and the spirit. Let's re he, we see that. He said, walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. And if that you, they're opposite of each other. And that they're opposite. He said, if you'll walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the flesh. So he's talking about, um, now notice in verse 19. It says, now the works of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh. If we jump back down to verse 22, we could say it this way. The works of the Spirit. The works of the Spirit. Now, when we teach this, I just say the Spirit. I, but I haven't ever really drawn out what, the, what, what Spirit are we talking about. We're talking about your recreated, born-again Spirit. Yep. Not, not the Holy Spirit. Yes, the, yes, the Holy Spirit, because he's part of God, is love. And he is joy, and he does have joy, and he has patience, and he has peace, and comfort, and all of that. He has all of those nine fruits. But when it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, they're talking about the fruit of our, of our born-again, recreated They're talking spirit. about our spirits. And as, as our spirits come into line with God's spirits, we, we, uh, or God's spirit, we will, we will uh, start to exhibit these fruits of the Spirit. Right. The fruits of the Spirit are not God's fruits of the Spirit. They're our fruits. They're our fruits. They're the fruits that come off of us. They're the fruit that comes from our spirit. There's what's called the human spirit. What is the human spirit? That is, we are human beings, and the word being means spirit. So we are human spirits. The human spirit... When it becomes born again, it is recreated and carries elements of the Holy Ghost in it. Now, the Holy Spirit helps us to, to produce those fruits, but those fruits or those works of the Spirit are ours. Are, are ours. When I say, I love you, I'm telling you that I love you from my, hum, from my born again, recreated spirit not from my flesh because i got news for you i cannot from my flesh love the murderer 
I cannot from my flesh love the adulterer. Because I just, that's just, I'm, I'm a married woman. I've been married for a long time. I understand what adultery does in a relationship. And I can't get aboard with you if you're an adulterer. Out of my own fleshy mind. I cannot get in line with you and agree with you if you're a bank robber. Because those people put that money in there because they worked for it and you're trying to get something done belong to you. I cannot get in agreement with you if you're a gossiper and you like to just stir up trouble because that gets a lot of work on me. It, get, it causes all kinds of havoc. I can't get in an agreement with that. I can't get in an agreement with somebody that purposely tears up other people's lives. I can't. My mind won't get in agreement with that. I'm redheaded. I'll get. I mean, I'll just give me half a second. And let me take care of you. It, out of my flesh, but out of my human spirit, I love all of these people. I tell you right now, I cannot tolerate out of my human, out of my fleshy mind. I cannot, 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 cannot. Deal with a liar. I can't. I mean, you can do a lot of things to me, but you lie to me. Man. We're going to have issues. You lie to me. Oh, hmm. you better get out of my face. And you better stay out of my face. No, they ain't, I ain't putting up with that nonsense. But. When my spirit, when my human spirit gets born again and gets filled and flooded with the love of God, then I can deal with a, with a liar. Then I can cope with them. Then I can handle them. I can be sweet to their face. As far as I know, I'm trusting them. I mean, I can do the poker face. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. I can do it. Not all the time, but I can. And then I'll walk away and say, Lord, I trust but verify. Father, I'm believing the best, but I suspect they're not being truthful. But you won't know I won't ha I'll have that conversation with the Lord. You won't have a clue I had that conversation with the Lord. There is such a thing as, as, as uh, over there in, uh, <clears throat> over there in the, uh, pro the, the poetry books and psalms, it talks about um, God granting you wit witty inventions. That doesn't mean he'll teach you how to make a Rubik's Cube. That's not what it's talking about. When, you, when they ask the Lord, Lord, give us witty inventions, really a better translation would be give us an understanding of witty intentions. In other words, you're able to look at a situation and you're able to look at people and what they say and what they do and, uh, the, and you'll be able to see how they're scheming good or bad. That's what it is. That's what it is. So I'm good at doing that. So, uh, so when it comes to a liar, man, it really works my love walk. It works my love walk. But because I have love in my human spirit, I'm able to pull on that love and say, okay, God, help me to love them. I, can't, I cannot. Drug addicts? Alcoholics, child abusers, spouse abusers. Talking about my redheaded temper going through the roof. Yo, buddy, I ain't got time for you. 
far as I'm concerned, put you in the jail, lock you up, and put, throw away the key. My natural fleshy mind, but my human recreated spirit wants to see them born again. I want, wants to see them set free from those behaviors and those addictions. My human spirit understands that that's demons controlling them and that they don't have a choice and they don't have an option. I mean, they did have an option because they surrendered to it. They do have an option in that regard. But once they get to a certain point, they lose that option. See, there's a difference between the flesh in, in you. There is a difference between your human spirit and your fleshy, and your fleshy self. There is a difference. There is a difference. Many Christians struggle with this. There is, a, there is a difference. And we are not to walk. Many people try to do this. Many people try to confirm with their head what their spirit is telling them. Are we still talking about love? Yes, we are. Many people try to confirm, try to confirm what is the, what the spirit is telling them with their head, and it causes them confusion. It causes them confusion. It said right here that the flesh and the spirit are constantly at war with each other. Until you train your flesh, listen to me, until you train your flesh to get in agreement with your spirit, you will struggle all the days of your life. You, yes, you have love in your human spirit, but you have to teach your flesh, your mind, your thinking, your emotions to get in agreement with what's in the spirit. Otherwise, you will struggle all the days of your life. See, the, the, the fruits of the spirit come out of our spirit, out of our human spirit. But we don't get them unless we stay attached to God. Right. Go to John 15. How do we train? How do we teach our flesh to do it out of the spirit? Because we saw that. He said, if you walk in the flesh, you're going to... You're going to follow the flesh. But if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how do I walk in the spirit? So glad you asked. John 15. Verse 1. Verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. So in this example, we are the branches, he is the vine. He's the tree. So every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, or he trims it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Underline that. You are clean. How do you clean your mind? How do you train your flesh? You are clean through the word. Your thinking changes by your time in the word. Amen. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. 
I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. All right. So, where on the tree does the fruit produce? On the branch. On the branch. Did the branch? So we could li- so we could say it's the branch that brings forth the fruit. Correct. Yes. Right. Everybody's like, some people are like, I don't know. The tree, where does the fruit grow? On the trunk, on the tree, or on the branches? On the branch. So what brings forth the fruit? The trunk of the tree or the branch? The branches. The branch. Now, rip the branch off the tree. What happens? Is it going to create any fruit? No. no. Get ahead of me. <laughs> it's, the branch that bring, it's the branch that brings the fruit. Now, just like the branch on the tree brings the fruit, your human spirit is the branch and you have a part to play in the fruit coming to coming into existence okay however the reason that the branch is able to bring forth their fruit is because of the life that is supplying the branch the sap of the tree it's that sap that nourishes the tree it's the sap that brings forth the ability the branch's ability to produce fruit well we don't have sap what we have is the living water of christ the holy ghost it's the holy ghost that nourishes us it's the love of god that nourishes us to help us to bring forth and produce fruit so as long as we are attached to the branch to the living water as long as we're having that fellowship as long as his water is flowing through us we can bring forth fruit however if we cut off the supply of food to the human spirit is the branch going to be able to produce no No. you can take a tree and you can actually cut off the tree from the root now, is the branch is still connected to the tree, but is the branch in the tree going to produce? Nope. No, which is why it's important that you have the Holy Ghost, you have Jesus, and you have the Spirit, or the Father God. Because if you try to cut yourself off from the Father God, uh, you're not getting what you need. If you take God and the Holy Ghost, but you cut out Jesus, you're still cutting off the roots. If you take Jesus and the if you take the Father God and Jesus and you say, well, I don't need that Holy Ghost, you done still cut off the roots. You got to have all three. That was good country talk now, right there. You done cut off. Now, <laughs> now in the, in this example or this parable, we're talking about we're comparing ourselves to the vine or to the tree, and and you know and and the and the branches are attached to the vine or the tree, right? Sure. They're physically attached. They cannot. Just remove themselves. Right. We're not that way. If we want to produce fruit in our lives, if we want to have these fruits, the love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, all that stuff, if we want to have that in our lives, we have to cling to the branch or cling, or cling to the tree or the vine like it is our life. Right. Because if we are separated from it, we die. Right. It's up to us to cling to it. We're not attached physically, so we have to hold on with everything we've got. 
If you, if you know anything about trees, if you go out and you damage a branch, the branch is still attached, but you've damaged it somehow. You start to cut it off and your lobbers aren't strong enough, whatever, whatever happens, and you start to cut it, but then it's left hanging. That branch may get enough sap or enough nutrients that it continues to produce leaf and it continues to live, but it will never produce fruit. This is what it looks like when all you do is come to church. This is what it looks like if all you do is pray in the Holy Ghost. This is what it looks like if, if all you do is just read the word just to get the check mark. If you don't put everything together, and if you don't do it the way God says to do it, you're cutting down the supply of nourishment, and therefore you're not going to be able to produce fruit. You're not going to be able to. And I want you to look at what he said here. Notice what he said. Back to verse 1. I am the true vine, and my husband, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch that in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Look at what it says. Every branch that does not produce fruit. If you have a, tr- a limb on your tree that is supposed... Listen, if, you, if your livelihood is, fr- is based off of your trees producing fruit, and you have a fruit tree, and that fruit tree has some limbs that aren't producing, what are you going to do to it? You're going to prune it back because if that limb is not producing, it's costing you money. It's costing you resources. It's affecting your kingdom. So you're going to cut it. Well, the same thing is true with the father. If you're not producing fruit, God himself will cut you. You don't want to get cut. And that one branch that's not producing fruit is taking nutrients and life from the whole rest of the that's tree. Right. So it needs that's to right. be removed so that the rest of the tree can be healthy. That's right. And that's why God removes. So listen, he said, so, so we need to understand that the fruit that we produce is not the fruit of the Holy Ghost. It is the fruit of our human spirit. Now, does that mean that the Holy Ghost is not involved no he is involved that is the lifeblood that helps you to produce the fruit so we need to understand that producing fruit in our life is not simply the holy ghost is at work no you producing fruit is your obligation which means you have to work at it you have to you have to put some effort forth because you don't want to be purged. Now, I want you to go to 1 John. There's a lot more in here that we can pull out, and we'll pull out at different points. But I want you to go to 1 John, because this will help you to understand uh, where you're at with love. Do you have the love of God? So 1 John 3. Come on, John. Where'd you go? 1 John 3. That's 1 John 2. I need 1 John 3. I want you to look at verse 8 real quick. 8, okay. He that committeth sin is, is of the devil. First John, oh, I'm sorry, 4. 1 John 4, 8. Oh, chapter 4. 
Matthew. Sorry, my bad. 4, 8. Okay. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now, don't worry about the first part. The second part is the part that I want to focus on. God is love. So if God's lifeblood, if God's living water, if God's living spirit is in you, and God is love, then that means that love is feeding your spirit. Do you, can you see that? Love is feeding your spirit. If, if you are, if, if God is love, and, you, and, God, and you've received Jesus, if God is love, then Jesus is love, and if Jesus is love, the Holy Spirit is love. So if you've, got, if you've been born again, recreated, what have you been born again and recreated into? Love. You are now, it's perfect. Somebody can say, who are you? What are you? I am a creature of love. I am a creation of love. I am, just as my father is, I am love. It will help you to walk around and say, I've been created in love, therefore I am love. I have been created in love, therefore I have the love of God. Don't get the big head on me. But, but we need to understand, if we are in God then we are like God. And if we are like God, then the love of God is in us. We need to understand this. So now, I'm sorry, now go to verse 3, or chapter 3. Chapter 3, all right. Yes, chapter 3, verse 14. Verse 14, all right. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. All right. So is he talking about physical death here? No. 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 Because if we were physically dead, how could we read this? Right. So obviously he's talking about, he's not talking about physical death. He's talking about the new birth. He's talking about spiritual death. It says, we know that we have passed from spiritual death onto spiritual spiritual life. life. This is a test to find out if you're born again. Are you a born-again child of God? Here's your test. We know we have passed from spiritual death because if you've not been born again and recreated, you're spiritually dead. But we don't want to be spiritually dead. We want to be spiritually alive. So we know we have passed from spiritual death to spiritual life because we have love for our brethren. What does that mean? Does that just mean for my neighbor sitting next to me on the pew? No. Ooh, that just stepped on toes because there's people sitting in churches. I hate that person. I ain't sitting over there next to them. Uh, you better check up and see if you're born again. Yeah. So, you better check up. So here's the, way to, here's the way to think about it. We're all born again, right? Yes. That means that we have the divine love of God in our hearts. In our hearts. And if we say that we don't, are we born again? No. Now, we have the divine love in our, of God in our hearts, but we may not be exercising that divine love. Right. So we may still have some problems with our love walk. Notice but, when... but we have it, and we should not deny that we have it. Right. You notice what he says. He that loveth not his brother. Again, let's clarify whose brother. Is it the person sitting next to you? Is it the person that's your brother by love? By blood. Who is the brother? Is it only fellow Christians? No. Because according to God, 
All of creation is his. So if you don't have love for people, you are not born again. You have not passed from spiritual death to spiritual life if you do not have love for people. Now, as Pastor Michael said, you may not be exercising it. Therefore, you may feel challenged in your love. But if you check down in your spirit, if you'll check down on the inside, don't check your head. No. Don't check your head. Check your spirit. Because where is the fruit of the spirit? Or it's in your spirit. The love, the life of God is in your spirit, not in your head. In your spirit, do you have love for all of mankind? Do you have love? If you do not have love, even for lawyers, <laughs> dogging on my husband, or if politicians, you, if you do not have love for the lawyers and the politicians and any other person, you, if you don't have love for your boss, if you don't have love for your in-laws, then, if you don't have love for those that persecute you, your enemies, if you don't have love for those who have abused you in your life, if you don't have love for those that lied to your face, if you don't have love for those that have done you wrong, according to the scriptures, you have not passed from spiritual death to spiritual life. Oh, but pastor, I know, I've, I've taken the other test that you've given me. I've taken the other test, Pastor. Pastor, you said there's that test about do you know that you know that you know if you died today? Do you have the witness on the inside that you're making heaven? And I passed that test, Pastor. I passed that one. And I, and, I, and I pray and I believe that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I passed that test. But you're failing this one. So either you lied on your answers over there or you're lying to yourself when you say you don't have love. Right. One of the two. Yeah, and you can you can have love for most people and and not be walking in love towards some like politicians and lawyers. Just what this means is you need to work on this. Work on you it. You need to feed that divine love with the Word of God and prayer and meditation. <clears throat> you need to you need to feed that divine love and work on it and exercise it and grow it, yeah. and then eventually you'll get there. Yeah. So if if you say, okay, well, Pastor, I passed those other tests, but I'm struggling with this test, just like you said, you, then you got to exercise it. You know if you are truly born again. You know if when you received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, was there a change? If there was a change, then the love of God springing up from the Spirit is in you. And so now what you have to do is you have to say, okay, Lord, I see that I have to work on my love issue. Now, I had this problem several years ago, long, long, long time ago, because I did not like people. In fact, when I left the church for 12 years, these were my words to the Father God. I said, Father, I love you all the days of my life. I'll serve you, do whatever you want me to do, but I, have, but I want nothing to do with your people. They're hypocrites. And so when the Lord got my attention and, said, and showed me that Jesus went to the cross for the hypocrites, knowing that they were hypocrites, my argument went out the window. But I still had a problem with loving people. Right. I still had a major problem with it. And, and my pastor preached this sermon. So he pulled this scripture out. And he said, if you don't love people, 
You're not born again. Oh my God, I'm going to. No. Don't do that. Don't beat your. No. What it means is, okay, God, I got work to do. Yes. Okay, God, I got work to do. Here's a clue that might clue you in if you have a love issue. If you like to make fun of people and degrade them and talk down about them, you have a love issue. Yeah. Right. You have a love issue. You wouldn't believe how this crazy person did. You have a love issue because you're not loving them. You're not loving them. No, you have a love issue. If you don't, so I told, if you don't respect your parents, you might have a love issue. Yeah. If you, don't, if, you, if you are full of disrespect, you have a love issue. If you don't respect your boss, you might have a love issue. That's right. Yeah, if you or don't yourself. love yourself. Oh, if you don't respect yourself, you definitely have a love issue. Yeah, 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 right? Right? Yeah, if you don't love yourself, uh, that's a problem. So how do you fix this? Well, we, first of all, you need to know a few things in the Word. Let's renew our mind to the Word. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Well, Romans. before we go to Romans 5, let's go to John 13. Oh, okay. Big John. Big John, not little John. Big okay. John, not little John. John 13, verse 34 and 35. All right, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. So he said, love everybody. Here we see John said, love, Jesus said, uh, love everybody. Just love, love others. Now, when, now when, uh, <clears throat> where we just read it and it said, love your brother, you know, we have a tendency, well, well, that's only the Christians I have to love. But Jesus just blew that out of the water because Jesus said, love others. How much, you know, that, that includes everybody. But here's what you need to understand. You cannot possibly love others without a born-again, recreated spirit. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. People that have tried to live according to the scriptures but have not been born again, they'll tell you that they fail. And they fail because God never intended us to do what he called us to do without his help and you need his help to love now let's go to romans chapter five now let's go to romans chapter five lord i sure i'm glad you slowed down that time clock because it was clicking fast a few minutes it ago. was i'm in trouble romans five five all right and i want to take a couple of minutes on this scripture because you got to get this one down on the inside of you and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Okay. So he was talking about trusting God, believing God, working patience. In fact, if you back up to verse 3, it says, and not only so, but we glory. Well, let's just back up to verse 1. <laughs> let's just back up. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith unto this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Okay, I want you to note it. One, one area where people have a problem walking in love towards others, 
the, the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest area that people are challenged in walking in love towards somebody is because that person has injured them or hurt them in some way. They, they, have, they, are un, they feel unjustified. But notice in verse 1, he said this. He'll put verse 1 for me. He said, therefore, being justified by what? Faith. Faith. We're so, we're, we, I can't love that person. They've treated me wrongly. You feel unjustified. And you want to be justified with that person. But we don't live, we, we, we don't go by people justifying us. We get live by being justified by our faith, faith in Christ. It's our faith. When somebody comes against you, uh, Dad Hagen talked about this. He said that there was a woman, when he was pastoring, there was a woman that started a rumor in his town and amongst his church people that, they, that uh, she saw Dad Hagen out by the railroad tracks with another woman at 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, he, said, he said when the report came to him, he said he got so tickled that he ended up on his hands and knees on the floor laughing. He said, when I get tickled, I just got, he said, I got to do one of the two things. I either got to kick or I got to get down on the floor. And roll around. And roll around. So he got, he, he found this to be so funny that he got to laughing to the point that he ended up on his hands and knees on the floor. And, you know, most people say, I can't believe that. How dare that woman make up lies about me? Don't she know she's going to ruin my ministry? She's going to ruin my reputation? And my wife is going to have a fit and blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, it was his custom to, uh, to study at night. So there were a lot of nights he wasn't in the bed. You know, so he could have gotten all, Wah! you know. But he laughed and he laughed and he laughed. And he finally said, he said this. He said, well, what's that woman doing down by the railroad tracks at 4 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> he, said, he said the devil always tell on himself. When somebody's giving rumors, how, might, how do they even know about that? What'd they do? What'd they do that they even have that information? Number one. Number two, he said, he said I, I ain't got to worry about her. People figure it out. He said, I ain't paying her a plum nickel dime of attention. I ain't paying her no attention at all. It's not exactly the way he said it, but that's along the lines he said it. He said, I ain't paying her no attention. He said, my Lord will take care of me. He said, I ain't got nothing to be concerned about. And it wasn't long before it was all figured out that she was upset at him for something and, you know, all that. But, you know, no, we don't need to be. If people are upset with you, you don't need to justify yourself. It's amazing to me how many people will say, you know, so-and-so, I was invited to go do this thing, and I really just don't want to do it, but I've got to figure out how I can get out of it. It's real simple. Tell them no. No, thank you. I appreciate the offer, but I think I'm going to pass this time. Thank you. But they want, to, they want to say, well, I've got this other obligation. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do this. They feel like they've got to give a three-page report on why they don't want to be there. Or, they, or they'll say, well, I'll try to be there, which means you're not going to be there. Just, just, just let's tell say, them. I ain't going to be there. Don't worry about So he said this. He said, so another, a big reason why people don't walk in love like they should is because they're too busy trying to justify themselves. So he said, therefore, being justified by faith, because we are justified by faith, we have peace. If you know you've not done anything wrong, don't apologize. If you, 
I'm walking right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. If somebody's accusing you of doing something that you ain't doing, leave it alone. They'll figure it out. Just go about your business. Yep, God's your vindicator. God will take care of it. They'll figure out they're wrong in due season. They'll look like a fool. Leave them alone. We We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Quit being so concerned about pleasing people and start being more concerned about pleasing the Father God. If you are doing things to please Michael and I, stop it. Let me say it again. If you are doing things in your life to please Pastor Michael and myself, stop right now in Jesus' name. We are not your judge. We are not your your jury. We are simply trying to persuade you to please the Father God. Well, Pastor, are you angry? No, I'm not. I'm stirred up in the spirit. Because if your life is motivated by pleasing Pastor Michael and I, you're in the you're in air, and the devil is going to yep. use it against you. And I will not be the blame for you falling. Live your life. Do what you want to do, but do it on to God. Let him be your leader. Let him be your guide. Why am I passionate about this? Because I used to have this problem. I'm passionate about this because I used to just be consumed with, oh, what if I don't do it right? What if my boss gets upset with me? What if my pastor doesn't like how I do things? You know what? If I don't like it, Pastor Mike doesn't like it, and we feel it needs to be addressed, we'll come have a conversation with you. If we just don't care for it in the moment, but we get over it, then we're over it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. I'm helping you with your love walk. Believe it or not, I'm helping you with your love walk. Listen, quit being consumed with, if, and I can say it this way too, if you're doing stuff to, now don't get me wrong, don't get in the ditch on this. If it's a job that your boss wants you to do, you'll want you to do it the way you're supposed to do it. But if you're doing things that are not part of your job, and God himself has not told you to do it, but you're doing it just to get brownie points with the boss, stop it. Quit pleasing people and start pleasing God. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. By whom, verse 2, by whom also we have access to access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Our ability to stand with our head high, our shoulders back, our chest puffed up, our ability to stand no matter what's coming against us is not in your fellowship with the pastors or your boss or anybody else, your spouse or anybody else. It's in the fact that you are that you have the Father God. And you can go into his throne room right before him and say, hey, Father, I got this situation. I got this need. He said, and not only so, but we glory. Now that sounds crazy. We glory in tribulation. Man, when tribulation comes our way, when trouble comes our way, when things are blowing up, when pressure's on, that is not the time to get down. That is not the time to gripe. That is not the time to fuss. That is not the time to cry, oh, God, where are you in the storm? That is the time to get on your praise. Woo! 
Woo, Jesus, the devil is after me, so I'm doing something right. Woo, Jesus, and, I've got the victory. And, and, why, and why, why can we do that? Why can we, we, we rejoice in tribulation? Because we Woo. have love and faith in God, and we know that God's going to take care of it no matter what. That's right. As long as we trust in God that he's going to take care of us, why would we, why would we get upset about tribulations? In fact, we would rejoice about them because God's going to get to show off. It took me a long time to learn this secret. It took me, it took me a real long time to learn this secret. The devil doesn't know what's in your head. The devil doesn't know what's in your head. The enemy does not know what's in your head. The only way that he knows if his tactics are working is what you show him on the outside. So when he throws a bomb at you, if you lose your witness, if you get down, if you get discouraged, if you get upset, if you get all in the mully grubs, if you start crying crocodile tears, he goes, score for me. Don't do that. Don't do that. I, we have learned when we see a bomb show up, we go, ha, ha, it's the devil. Glory to God. We've got the victory. Satan, we see you. Uh, we'll take our sevenfold return right now in Jesus' name. And we go about our business. We just go on about it. Now, am I perfect in it? No, but I've gotten a lot better than I used to be. Now, now tribulations, they don't just go boom and they're done. No. <laughs> they, they, they last no. a little while. So that's where we get to work and try our patience. That's right. Because we're waiting on God to do what he said he's going to do. That's when you... You know, <laughs> people go through things. People get laid off from jobs. People, and you know what? God's there. God's going to help you through that. He's, he's, he's going to make a way, and he's going, to, he's going to find the perfect job for you. Things go wrong with the car. Y'all remember a while back we didn't have our car because it was down at the Subaru dealership and all of that crazy stuff? Go out here and open the passenger's door, and there's a big pink pillow staring you in the face on the frame because Subaru said, uh, it's, it's not us. It's the frame. You need to go to a body shop. We said, well, y'all take it to the body shop. They said, oh, it'll be somewhere 1500, 2000, maybe to fix it. Then they came back and said that estimate didn't look right. So we had it refigured. And now they're saying it's going to be $4,000 or more. You might want to take it to your guy. So we said, well, praise the Lord. All right, we'll bring it home. How much is it worth? Every time I open that door, I just, Ooh, I'm tempted to let the devil see my frustration every single time. And I think, no, I'm not going to get upset about this. It's all right. The Lord's got it. But we haven't had it. We haven't been able to take it to the body shop and get it fixed because um, fire season is not going on right now. <laughs> and so we have to have money. <laughs> and so it's going to have to wait. And uh, so, uh, so how much, you know, that's working your patience. That's working your spirit patient, which means that I have, Michael and I have to stay in love with each other. We have to stay in love through our financial struggles. We have to stay joyful and happy every time I see that stupid pink pillow. We have to, we have to, we have to, you know, how much, you know, it's working our patience. It's working our patience. Come on. Now, now the, the tricky thing about patience is, is we as humans try to solve problems for ourselves. Oh, with, with, a, with a job or with, with a, you know, as a young adult, you know, you're looking for your life mate or whatever, and you, yeah. you, you get all excited at the first person that comes along. But that might not be the one that God has for you. You know, yeah. God's going God's gonna, to gonna have a perfect person for you, and he's going to have a perfect job for you. That's but right. you have to trust and rely on him to bring that to you, and you have to have patience. 
And when and when when something comes along and it looks like it's great and everything, you need to check with God and check with the Holy Spirit. Check down on the inside and say, is this the is this the right thing for and me, even Lord? And then you need to stay patient because you might not get your answer right away. Yeah. So yeah. so so you know, in in trusting and relying on God and waiting on God, you build your patience. That's right. Notice it says, and not only so, but we glory, we get excited. In tribulations, we're not excited. At, listen, we're not excited about the car issue. No, <laughs> we are not excited about you know the the financial issue. We're not excited about that. But what we are excited about is the opportunity to exercise the fruits of our spirit. What we are excited about, what we do get glorious, what we give glory about, is God. We can't wait to see how you fix this one. Woo, God, we can't wait. We're excited to see how you're going to work this situation out. He said, we glory in tribulation also knowing that that tribulation is working our patience. That tribulation is helping you to grow your fruit. That tribulation is helping you to produce fruit. And when you produce fruit, then you're not in danger of being pruned from the tree. He said, and patience. And patience experience now another word for experience is wisdom the more the more experience you gain the more wisdom Wisdom you're going to gain so and patience wisdom and wisdom hope and hope or experience but see here's see experience teaches you once you've gone you know the first time you're going through something with the lord man oh man there's who there's all kinds of drama going on but after you've done it and you've done it and you've done it and you've done it man it gets the easier and easier you're like i've been here with uh, Satan's tried this trick before. Let me tell you something. I've learned something. If you have not learned it yet, if you'll pay attention, you will. Satan's tactics never change. The same tactics he uses on the same pe- I mean, the, the tactics he has used on Zach, he has used on every other person in this room. The same tactics he has used on Brianna. You see, because he wants you to say, nobody's experienced what you're experiencing. Liar. Nobody understands me. Liar. He tells everybody, nobody will understand. He'll tell everybody, they're going to judge you. They're going to cast you away. They're going to put you on the run. Nobody's going to get it. They're going to... Same lies all the time. Same lies. You don't qualify. You're not. Oh, here's the big one. You don't spend enough time in your word. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. Satan uses that one. He uses that one to say you don't qualify for the blessings of God. Yeah, because you don't spend. You don't pray enough. I'm so sick of that lie. I am so sick and tired of that lie. You don't spend enough time in the word. Hush. I spend a lot of time. If I'm not. If I am not reading my word, I'm meditating. If I'm not meditating, I'm singing. If I'm not singing, I'm testifying. If I'm not, if I'm not doing any of those, I'm confessing. And oh my goodness, Satan, it's okay if I take an hour break. Right. Right, teaching, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, teaching's in there. Praying, listening. Come on. No, experience. The more you experience tribulations, the better you get at going through them. Amen. The more experience you have, the more hope you'll have because you'll know, man, it didn't look like God was showing up over there, but he sure did. And it surely didn't look like he was showing up there, but he did. And oh my goodness, I didn't think. I thought we were going down for sure right there, but then he showed up. Come on. Verse 5. 
And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Because in every one of these situations, it will take just a moment and get still and say, God, where are you? The love of God will rise up on the inside of you and say, I'm not here. I never left you. I'm right here. I never left you. I've been beside you. I've been, I've been right there beside you the whole time. Been right there. See, that love, that same love that helps you through the storms of life is the same love that will help you to love people. That same love that's always been your guide is the same love that you can use to guide others with. See, what you have to understand is it's not, it's not God just took a little pouch of love and stuck it down in some mystery spot on the inside of you, and that's where it is, and that's all there is. No, his love is teeming through your body. And that, but what you have to do is you have to learn how to take the love that's on the inside and get it to show up on the outside. And that comes through training. And your training begins with spending time in the Word. Anytime you've gone to take, anytime you've started a new job, what's the first thing you do? Uh, once you start the job, what's the first thing you do? Train, orientation. You go through the manuals. You learn how to do the job. Well, guess what? You're a Christian. <laughs> this is your manual. And you've got to open it, and you've got to spend time in it. Unlike, unlike you do, you know, you go to the job, and they give you, like, the worker's handbook. And what do you do with it? You take it home, and you chuck it in the drawer, or you tuck it, chuck it in the trash, or it runs around in your car, ends up in the trunk back there somewhere because you had to clean out your seats. And, then, like, five years later, you're cleaning out your trunk, and you're like, man, I didn't even know I had that thing. Right. There she says, she said it perfectly. Or there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm going to file that just in case I need it so I can go back to it and reference it out of necessity because you have to. That's what most people do with this book right here. They only reference it when they have to. But if they would use it every day and find out what it says, they would be able to do what it says. You will never be able to walk in the love of God if you do not renew your mind to what the Word says about the love of God. Amen. Can I borrow that? That's right. That's what I, what I was just getting ready to say. Bible. It says right on there, believers' instructions before leaving earth. There you go. It's, it's very simple. And if believers. you want to... If you want to... If you want to walk in the things of God, you have to read the instruction manual. You Glory can't be the guy that says, I don't need no stinking instruction manual. I can do it myself. You, no, you, you cannot do it yourself. You, you cannot do it yourself. You can do all things with Christ, and Christ is the word, right? So yeah. you have to read the instructions. You have to read Christ. Now, the, we, we spoke on the devil and what's his his one of his favorite lies? You're not qualified. Yep. You're not qualified to receive the blessings. But Zach, who are you? 
You're a child of the Most High God. Glory to God. You are qualified by Christ and His love for you and your love for Him and your words of confession of that love. Glory to you, God. The, devil, the devil's a liar, thank God. Therefore, we know that that's not true. That's right. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we only got halfway through the sermon. We only got halfway through. She's got to come back next Sunday to get the other half. Glory to God. But, glory to God, we are uh, creatures of love, creations of love. God's love is in us. We just have to learn how to take that love that's in us and put it in, and bring it to the surface and walk in it. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Tithes and offerings, if Zach will come, uh, giving tithes or offerings. Why don't you turn to Malachi? (laughs) Turn to Malachi. I wasn't going to do the scripture, but uh, let's turn to Malachi. I just felt prompted to do it. I don't always speak on tithes and offerings, um, but I said, you know, last week the Lord kind of corrected me on that. And I said, okay, Lord. And uh, Malachi chapter 3, he says, verse 7, it says, Even from the days of your fathers you have gone away from mine ordinances does that say man's ordinances no God's no it ordinances. says god's ordinances you have gone away from my ordinance in other words and what's an ordinance it's a right it's a it's a rule it says you've gone away from my command or my ordinance or my rules and have not kept them uh and uh, he said return on to me and i will turn on to you saith the lord of hosts but you said Wherein shall we return? They were, they were denying God. God, we ain't done nothing wrong. God, we ain't done nothing wrong. There ain't nothing we've missed. And they, he said, he, and so he said, uh, will, uh, so the Lord asked, will a man rob God? And that, now they're denying that they've done anything wrong. And they're like, what do, what do you mean will we rob God? He said, yet you have robbed me, but yet, yea, say, therein, where have we robbed you? They're going... God, what do you mean we robbed you? Look at what he says. He says, in tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. See, you need to understand that the tithe literally means tenth. And everything that we have, we have because of God. And all God wants is a tenth of your increase. Not the tenth of everything that you have, just a tenth of your increase so that his kingdom can be supplied so we can get more people into the kingdom so the word can be taught and things like that. That's what the tithe is for. The tithe is for, for helping to support the local church. If you're not tithing, you're not helping God's church, which he's called to be in place to help you. So, you, you know, so if you're not tithing, you need to tithe because you're robbing God. Not robbing the church, you're robbing God. And offerings. Now, a lot of people are really good about not robbing God of their tithe, but they rob him of the offerings. Offerings is anything above the 10%. Some people will give an offering, but they won't give a tithe. But if you don't give a tithe, it's not actually an offering. Exactly. It's a small portion of your tithe. <laughs> so you've got to do a tithe and plus to get your tithes and your offerings. Well, Pastor, you're fussing at me, correcting me? No, no, ma'am, no, sir. No, I'm not. I'm teaching you this because he said you are cursed with a curse. 
If you're not giving tithes and you're not giving offerings, now here's the other thing. Offerings don't have to come to your local church. We like it if you want to give an offering, and it helps us if you want to give an offering. But if God says, no, I want you to give over here, give over here, our, Pastor Mike and I's tithes come to the disciples' house. Our offering, a, a big chunk of our offerings comes to disciples' house. But we also sow into Randall Greer Ministries every month, and we sow into Generation Life uh, Youth Camp every year beyond the fee. We sow into them every year. Uh, we give offerings uh, not only every month, but we give offerings when we go to the meetings. And if the Lord tells us to go and to give an offering to an individual or a ministry, we do that as well. Uh, Michael and I have given. We are we are far past our ten. To, uh, we we're. I think I haven't looked at it. I think that we're actually probably above 20%, and I'm not tooting our horn. That's just we're just being obedient to what God told us to do. And in, in doing that, we make it available for God to increase us. We have literally given our way out of poverty. So in verse 9 it says, Ye, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. But in verse 10 it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, or the church, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Michael and I have seen this as well in goods. We had, I mean, we had so we had such a... Yeah, yeah, we have dog food that never ends. I'm like, where is this? But, I mean, we had, we literally, on our other property, we had to get uh, uh, trailer containers because we had so much stuff come to us that we didn't have room for it all. And I was like, okay, Lord, uh, can you, don't stop the flow, but can you just slow it down just a little bit so we can kind of get caught up a little bit? Um, so, so I just want to encourage you, sow your tithes, sow your offerings, be obedient to what God tells you to do, because we don't want to see you cursed with a curse. Amen. We don't want to see that. And, um, you know, I, I've said forever and ever that we have either nearly a 100% tithing rate or at the times a 100% tithing rate. And a lot of times I can't tell for sure because not everybody labels everything. But I can continue to say... We have a 100% tithing rate or right there at it, which most churches, most churches are at a 10% or lower tithing rate, believe it or not. Most churches. We have an extremely high tithing rate and we have an extremely high giving rate. But it's good for you to be reminded from the pulpit why you do that. And so that's why we're sharing is because we don't want you to be cursed with a curse. Because especially when tight, when, when things get tight, you know, sometimes you can get a little grudging about your tithing, but the Lord said that he uh, loves a cheerful giver and that we're not to give with a grudging heart. So sometimes you got to get your heart adjusted. And so that's what we're doing is adjusting. Well, you want to bless? Amen. Well, Lord, we thank you for this word today. We thank you that you've taught us on love and uh, that there's a difference between uh, natural love and the God kind of love. Lord, we ask that you help us to walk in that God kind of love. And, and Lord, we know we do not deny that we, that we have the God kind of love. We ask that you help us to exercise that God kind of love and to, and to give us opportunities to walk in that God kind of love so that we may, might exercise it. So that we can show the people that we come in contact with 
your love, Lord, Glory so that they can see you through us and not we ourselves. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for this word. We, we, we know that it will grow in our lives and the lives of those we come in contact with because we do bear fruit. We have the fruit of the Spirit and it will show in, in our lives and the lives of those we come in contact with. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for your many blessings. Lord, we we we, we Thank you for this opportunity to give unto your kingdom. We ask that you that you you bless our offerings, that they go further than we could ever ask, hope, or think towards the doing of your work and your word in this earth. And Lord, we know that you will pour us out a blessing for our our tithes and our offerings. That 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 it will that we won't even have room to 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 store it all. That it will be so much, and that we will be so blessed, and we will be we will that we will. We won't be able to help but to be a bigger blessing to your kingdom. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You cannot take this word, and you will not take our love and our joy and our peace and our patience and our kindness and our long-suffering. We will walk in the fruits of the Spirit, and you cannot stop us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Angels go according to the word and minister health, wholeness, prosperity to the people of God. And Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is ever working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You can serve the people. Glory to God. We'll be back in here tonight at 530 for prayer for the sick. Uh, prayer and healing school will start at 6. Or well, Yeah, 530 for prayer, 6 for service. And then Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And uh, if you need us in the meantime, don't forget... If you have not put your name on the list for what you're bringing, please do if you know, if you know, so we don't have duplicates. And uh, next Sunday, we're going to eat good. Yes. Right after service, we'll eat good. And uh, we love you. Have a blessed week.